make sure to catch <laughs> All right, I gotta make it convincing. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're in deep space with us, let's open our mind and listen and move and dance and sing to everything we hear on this trip. Here's Mara to tell you a story she wrote. Many moons ago, when the buffalo freely roamed the plains, there was a young Indian boy named Smiling Sun. All his life he had prayed to the moon and wanted to touch its glowing surface. When he was old enough to climb a tree, he decided he would pluck the moon out of the sky and keep it for his own. So one night, when the full moon rose above the forest, he climbed up, up, up to the top of the highest tree and reached out his hand to the moon. But far as he might reach, he was no closer than when he had been on the ground. Saddened, he climbed back down and spoke to the village. No one will ever grasp the moon. It is too high. And all the people prayed to the great glowing moon. But the boy's reaching was not in vain, for today his children's children have grasped the unreachable moon. Pleasant Monday evening to you, wherever you may be, with your ears on. And perhaps some other body parts connected to you as well, too. Welcome to yet another episode of Exploding Head Newbies. This is your cinematically inspired program here found on Vancouver's explorative community radio station, CITR. We are your voice of UBC here on 101.9 FM. We broadcast at 590 watts from unseated Musqueam territory. From the student nest here on campus to the lower mainland of British Columbia. Our signal takes us from Squamish to Bellingham, Washington, west across the Salish Sea, where frequency battles our friends over at CFUV, and then east into the Fraser Valley. In all these places, wherever else, the internet will take you. Because that is a place that you will explore, whether it's a wiki wormhole or a YouTube search fest. Why not stop at our sites first, www.citr.ca. We got tons of stuff there. Connects all over with Discorder Magazine, too, so you'll find out what's happening in town. Catch up on reviews, read some interviews, and of course listen to this show and many others here on the station, www.citr.ca. My name's Gak. 
Now we'll be putting your mind in outer space for the next two hours here, so store up on oxygen and snacks as we enter another place. Phone number for the station for those of you listening live is 604-822-2487. That spells us out, 604-UBC-CITR. Do keep it short and sweet and to the point. You can email me anytime, radiofreegack at gmail.com. The Exploding Head Movies is on Facebook and Tumblr under its given name. We're on Twitter, at 100air. And on Instagram, as Myopic Man. So it's exam time right now. Last day of class here on campus was this past Thursday. So after the celebration of one thing, it's time for the panic of the other thing. It's hard to believe that this year's already rocketed to a close. As we get tear by the cherry blossoms, especially as the blooms are starting to fall, it is spring and life will settle down here on campus soon for the quiet summertime period. Otherwise, I guess it is Palm Monday, since yesterday was Palm Sunday, with all the various fronds. This time of year in Finland, they have to use pine branches because they don't have palm trees there. But this is also the time when kids dress up as witches and carry pussy willows and ask for candy. So we can't wait for Halloween. Otherwise, uh... Those brothers and sisters of David, I know as the start of Passover. Of course, Easter is around the corner. So we kicked off the show with a simple little story found on Bruce Hack's 1969, the electronic album for children. And we heard Mara's Moon. And Hack was an eccentric composer from Alberta. He moved to New York to become a pioneer in electronic music. And along with some serious pieces that were performed at Carnegie Hall, Hack's compositions, along with his own inventions, received a playful approach. Uh, they revealed a playful approach and were received in a playful fashion to sound. Appeared on shows like The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and I've got a secret. However, it was his partnership with dance teacher Esther Nelson, which allowed him to connect to children. And over time, he directed himself towards psychedelic music, and then some prototypes for techno. Hack had a lonely childhood in Nordig, Alberta, but uh, upon studying psychology at the University of Alberta, home of uh, CJSR 88.5 FN in Edmonton, and oddly enough, the music department did not want him. But with Miss Nelson, he released multiple albums aimed for children, encouraging them to play and dance whilst embracing homemade instruments. And if you're curious, Hack, and he spelled that with two A's, was the subject of a 2004 documentary, Hack, the King of Techno by director Philip Anangos. Includes interviews with acts like Eels, Mouse on Mars, Money Mark, and Peanut Butter Wolf. And the moon will be a sort of theme in tonight's show as we profile James Horner's score from the 1995 film Apollo 13, based on the real-life NASA mission that launched April 11th in 1970, so effectively 47 years ago. Its intention was to be the third manned land manned landing on our moon the moon in the sky which we can't see because of clouds but uh, at this point if you know history things did not go well and it became a rescue mission of sorts Apollo 13 starred Tom Hanks, Kevin Bacon Gary Sinise, Ed Harris and of particular interest to us this week Bill Paxton 
he died recently, and he's had a long-standing connection to music, so we're going to hear some evidence of that later. We'll also talk about some more things happening in town this week, but in the background, this is our first point of discussion. From 1983, this is Hashim with al Fish, otherwise known as The Soul. As Hashim is the alias of Jerry Calise Jr., now he's known as a music industry bigwig and he co-founded Simple Stream. But back in the day, he was one of the early hip-hop DJs who gave rise to the electro scene, in part because of this song. And it's most, it's basic. It features what hip-hop turned into around 1983. After your initial breaks off records, losing the original peer as part of the original South Bronx parties, electronic instrumentation became a thing, and in part it was provided by various companies. But Roland ended up driving the sound, almost completely by accident. In 1980, Roland released a product that uh, incorporated what the old Ace Tone company did with earlier drum machines and circuit bending. And eventually out came the TR-808 Rhythm Composer, with hopes of being a serious synth for demos, but limitations in what electronics could do at the time. And as we hear there, the percussion here, this is what it was good at. But everyone kept thinking that it was supposed to be more serious, so it couldn't be a real drum at all like the Lin LM1 could, but its price point was pretty cheap. And uh, eventually it was discounted further, but that meant the folks in the Bronx, Detroit, Chicago, could pick it up and help found what hip-hop became. Also, became the fuel for techno as well. It also helped out the wacky resistors on board, allowed for some intense bass noises and other effects that couldn't be get happen otherwise. I'll talk a little bit more about some of the technology behind it, some of the acts best known for it, but we've got two classic tracks here of the 80s. Starting off now, Cybotron, the Detroit act, started in 1980. Featuring future techno DJ Juan Atkins and then Richard 3070 Davis. So from 1983's Enter, this is Cybertron with Clear here on Exploding Hit Movies CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver. Thank you. 
that is a sigh of relief because Fun Drive 2017 is officially over. To everyone who donated their time, energy, money, forgot to donate now, but will donate online at CITR.ca, couldn't donate this year, but will donate in the future, and to our community as a whole, CITR and Discorder want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just like thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for trusting us with your money, and we promise to make good use of it. Muchas gracias. Gracias, gracias. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. That was great.
could definitely hear the 808 kicking there. And the bass drum are just... It's a little ticka-ticka of the snares and the cymbals of the attempts to make as such. From 1988, it's the original 12-inch mix of a guy called Gerald's classic acid house track, Voodoo Ray. Maybe you know that from Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas. Or maybe you know it from 24-hour party people. The huge part of the Manchester acid scene, it came from Manchester itself because that was a guy called Gerald otherwise known as Gerald Simpson, British DJ, record producer, musician. And appropriate for a discussion about the 808s, he was an early member of the British band known as the 808 State. And behind me, one of the wild cards with regards to electronic music to the point. Retroactively, he was called the godfather of Acid House. This is... The Bollywood composer, Sharanjit Singh, and off his 1983 album synthesizing Ten Ragas to a disco beat. This is Raga by Raiva. Singh died a couple years ago, but he was able to sort of capitalize on the interest of what was originally a dud of an album since he was trying to transcribe Indian classic music to what he thought was disco with new instruments. But via MIDI, he connected up a 303, which provides the bass noises here with the 808, along with a couple other synths. So, the 808. Without its songs like African Bombadas and the Soul Sonic Forces, Planet Rock would have sounded differently. I mean, it definitely still relied on a lot of Kraftwerk samples to combine it together, but the basic rhythm there was provided by an 808. And another big hits like Marvin Gaye's 1982 soft R&B classic Sexual Healing definitely relied on the 808 to provide its rhythms. Now from that, from its price point and the noises it made, as you can tell, it doesn't replicate a drum at all, but didn't matter. Music adapted for its needs. Whitney Houston relied on it. Of course, Kanye West named an entire album after it, 808s and Heartbreaks. And there were a lot of choices for songs to pick out. But again, the 808 itself was a fluke since it involved a little bit of circuit bending as a rolling president. I hope I wrote his name down somewhere because it's a fun one. Oh, that's a great Japanese name. Kotaro Kakahashi. He spoke with Don Lewis at Ace Tone and asked him, how did you take our existing drum machines and bend them that way? And Lewis indicated that uh, he found places where he could modify the motherboards, which is what circuit bending is, change some resistors and work on it that way. So the 808 itself was built based on that knowledge, and it relied on a defective resistor produce a lot of the sounds and part of the reason it was discontinued along with sales numbers was that the distinctive resistor sound well the manufacturer of that resistor fixed the problem and sort of killed the character otherwise the 808 became popular because that it along with being cheap it was had an easy use interface as all the 16 beats in your typical 4-4 rhythm 
They had a corresponding button for each each quarter note, so 16 buttons, two program settings, a way of combining the features together, and an easy dial to map each drum set, and then at that point you just map it to the 16 buttons. Best part of all this is the cymbal sound was created when Chief Engineer Tadao Kikimoto accidentally spilled tea onto the breadboard of an 808 prototype, and he produced a sound psh, that uh, took months to replicate because uh, <laughs> he couldn't do it with natural techniques. So, anyways, let's get a couple more 808 tracks here, but uh, we'll modernize a bit. I mean, we could definitely play a lot of electro and original set lists for the show we're aiming to do as such, but uh, we're going back to 1998, and Ed Upton is... Uh, a British producer, and uh, he signed to Apex Twins Reflex Records, but he relies a lot on old synths, as does Mr. Twin. And uh, this song originally appeared on his 1998 album, New Romantics, except uh, spell that N-U, then an X at the end. And Otiga used this in one of his recent mixes through uh, Turbo, and I think he may speak on top of it as well, based on how sourcing goes here. Anyways, this is going to be DMX crew here with a song that sounds like it should have come out in the 80s. And of course, the aesthetic is coming back, although kind of the Yellow Magic Orchestra, Japanese synth vibe. This is DMX crew with End of the Night.
Saturday, April 15th, a fundraiser for Girls Rock Camp Vancouver is taking place in the Grand Lux Hall of the Western Front, located at 303 East 8th Ave. Tickets are available at Zulu Records, Neptune Records, and both Red Cat Record locations. There will be raffle prizes from Anita Sigma, Nimbus School of Recording, Live Nation, John Fluvog, Tea Leather and Wood, The Juice Truck, Pizzeria Barbarella, CITR, and many more. Doors are at 6, show is at 6.30. Almost got the mix right there. Beat matching off slightly. Original version of that could be found on a 12-inch through the 2010 label Swamp 81. I'm sure it's still a label, but the 12-inch came out in 2010. We heard Addison Groove there with Foot Crab. Grabs the alias of Anthony Williams, otherwise known as Headhunter. And as Headhunter, he released a whole bunch of uh, early dubstep singles through the Temple label. But as we heard, they're a little bit more of a Chicago juke sound, otherwise known as footwork, based on sort of the chopping up of rhythms to help out with dancing there. And off of a hyperdub release from 2011, 
an EP that shares his name, Sam Walton from Manchester. This is Walton with 808 Vibes In. Don't ask me to spell that. V-Y-B-Z-I-N. You can also find this on the four CD set that Hyperdub released in honor of its 10th anniversary back in 2014, simply called Hyperdub 10. So yeah, the TR-808. Providing that very sci-fi alien type uh, sound. At the time thought to be very futuristic. Then seemed to be anachronistic, but... Still very popular to the point that uh, a revival of the 808 came out the past year or so, simply called the TB-8. Of course, there's many software and hardware plugins for all your synths to emulate the distinctive sounds of the 808. And yeah, president and founder of Roland Ikutaro Kakehashi is also responsible for spearheading a lot of what we heard involving the acid-crazy baseline synth known as the TB-303. The TR-909, which replaced the 808 in 1984, once those uh, aforementioned resistors became unavailable. And then synths like the Jupiter-8 and the D-50. However, it is the 808 that I think has stuck with most people all this time. To the point, there was a documentary released in 2015 simply called The 808 that details the history behind it. All those people who've used it. And all the quality of music that wouldn't have existed without it. Anyways, part of the reason we played a whole bunch of 808 music here to start the show off is that uh, Kakahashi died April 1st this year at the age of 87 in his home in Japan. All the work that Roland did in the 70s and 80s with getting synths cheaper and into other people's hands that help define the culture. So I'm hoping over future shows I get to share a little bit more 808 vibes, as it were. My name's Gak. This is Exploding Head Movies on CITR 11.9 FM in a very gray Vancouver, at least presently, but at least spring is on its way. Let's hop over to Hamilton, Ontario next with Junior Boys. We'll play a cut off of their most recent album, 2016's Big Black Coat. Perhaps there are 808s buried in here. I didn't take a full breakdown of that instrumentation. Did everything pretty much beforehand. Figured it out, but I'm sure its distinctive beats will kick in. It's going to be Junior Boys here. Well, come on, baby. Oh, come on, baby. 
But a dream becomes a dream inside me That the girl I was never you In a different light And I dreamed of you again last night Come on, baby You were real and you let me in When I fell upon your lap, you said Oh, come on, baby
into my eyes The last Sunday of every month from 11 to 5 Won't you here with me
Featuring the sounds of Ceres. That was Teen Days. Off his most recent album, Themes for Dying Earth. The first release off of the new label, Flora. We heard Rising. As 2017 has revealed to us, the alias of Teen Days is, well, it is Teen Days, the man behind alias. So we get the order of these names and descriptors that we use as the language of English. Teen Days is the project of Abbotsford musician producer Jameson Isaac. And over time, his sort of chill wave elements have formed into more kind of moody pop elements with guitar. But the synth elements have sort of come back in a way because he does have a side project now called Pacific Coliseum. And the first, first cassette was put out last month. Sounds outstanding. At some point, I will share it with you. It involves me having a copy of it. Otherwise, Teen Days uh, recently wrapped up a tour that included five gigs at Austin's South by Southwest. Played recently the Cobalt here. Has some time off here for the rest of April, but May, he is off to Japan to start an Asian tour. I see dates in Thailand and Singapore as well. Should be outstanding. And if you go to the Teen Days Bandcamp, you can see all numbers of releases that he has. Because he's been quite prolific as of late. Outstanding stuff. Behind me, this is Nicholas Jar. Off last year's Nymphs 3 release. Part of a four kind of single set that was released through his other people label. This track is Mistress. And Nicholas Jar will be playing tomorrow, Tuesday, April 11th at the Vogue Theater for a sold-out show as presented by Timber Concerts. If you do have tickets for it, doors open at 8, show starts at 9, and it is an all-ages show. So, however old you are, you can get in and experience a lot of this Chilean-Americans wonderfully quirky esoteric music. Anyways, let's stay in Vancouver here for the work of Navin Sajpal. He releases music as Gojji, G-O-H-J-J-I. And uh, an outstanding pianist, doing a whole bunch of quality production work. And earlier this year, he's been releasing a whole bunch of singles, including this one on SoundCloud. This will be Goji here with Lost. Can you find me?
call it transcendence. Sunday at 10 p.m. to midnight. Hosted by DJ Smiley Mike and DJ Caddyshack.
You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM, broadcasting from Muscoom Territory here from UBC campus. Terrestrially on 101.9 on the FM dial throughout the lower mainland of British Columbia. Online at www.citr.ca. My name is Gak, the name of the show, which started a scant hour ago, is Exploding Head Movies. Giving you a partial indication as to what's going on and what just happened. Well, let me tell you. That song came out in 2016. His name translates from Arabic as Handsome Tiger. That's what he spins as. That song was Let Go. Came out in 2016. If you go to his SoundCloud, he's simply known as Handsome Tiger. You can see a whole bunch of other material that he's been putting up in some live sets too since Vancouver producer DJ Hussein El Namer has been putting out a lot of music. Originally, he had uh, roots in indie rock with an act like un- a name unheard. He's gone electronic. And he supported acts like A. Kali and Michael Red. He does have uh, two gigs coming up in the next few weeks, including one on Saturday. He'll be spinning with Turu at Val, the Vancouver Arts and Leisure. He'll be back there again on May 5th since we'll be working with Kampa and Grisus. And of course, that brings up the latest closure that's happening in the Vancouver art scene because Vancouver Art and Leisure, which took over the old Vivo media space, the corner of Maine and 3rd, uh, they've given notice that uh, they will be vacating. So I'm not sure if condos or something else are going to go up there, but after Vivo New Media left to head east along Broadway. I figured it was on borrowed time, but uh, Vancouver Art and Leisure folks have done some outstanding stuff as of late. Whether it's acts like Horse Meat Disco. I don't know. Sometimes I end up showing that around 2.30 in the morning on days I shouldn't. And there's always some quality stuff there, and it's a very safe space. Very inclusive. All-encompassing. But yeah, borrowed time now. I suspect end of May is when their lease is up and away they go. So yeah, look up Vancouver Art and Leisure, V-A-L, Val, and see what's what. So as I mentioned, Handsome Tiger will be there twice. I'll also mention that the Chapel Sound Long Weekend is set up for this Thursday, starting at 11 o'clock, going to late. And they're celebrating not only the Easter weekend, but the release of Eli Murrow and Nancy Lee's music video collaboration called The Untangling. But you got Michael Red, you got Eli Murrow, you got Jade Statues, Witch Nancy, Lane Butler, Klein. Solid parts of the Vancouver music scene. And yeah, tickets start at $15. Make sure you get there before midnight, otherwise it goes up to $20 indeed. Now the music we just heard. What was that? We went back to 1986. Her name is Michelle McCure. And off of the I Chant release, which was uh, recently released, Marie released through the Freedom to Spend label. And as re-release goes, it was February 2017. The song we heard was In the Air. Originally came out in 1986 through the Quick Shower label. 
And yeah, this is sort of one of the current sounds that's been happening music as of late. And we'll have some other cues later on that uh, sort of foster that uh, mentality, harkening back to Yellow Magic Orchestra, Ryushi Sakamoto. Sort of early 80s Japanese synth music. Very austere, simple, with quality reverb. Hey, was that set to Montreal with a little bit of Reykjavik in the mix since we have new material from Kid Koala, alias of master turntablist Eric San. But he worked with the singer-songwriter on a very headphone-friendly album to the point that uh, Kid Koala's been doing some dates involving everyone then sitting in the audience with either headphones and their own personal turntable to do their own mixing and whatnot and have a little bit of fun. It's educational, sort of fits in with Eric San's ideals of uh, putting more power in the audience's hands since he's done things like comic books and other listening parties where you end up making a lot of things. You know, he's done releases that appeared that you had to build your own turntable out of the liner art. Cardboard 1200s. Anyways, his most recent album is definitely headphone friendly. Sort of ties in the fact that he's been a father for a while now. And uh, with most of us losing garage spaces and industrial, you know, warehouses to work in, you gotta be the bedroom producer, which has sort of changed how music is, because now you do it quietly and almost sing quietly, too. Not let you blast it out like this. But, you know, really close and stuff. So from his latest album, actually I'm going to say their latest album since they're co-credited. Music to draw to Satellite. And this is through the Arts and Crafts label. This will be Kid Koala here, along with Emiliana Torini with Nightfall, Pale Blue.
On May the 5th, the East Vancouver Community Music School is hosting the first annual Spring Benefit Concert with special guests the Ruffle Feathers, Francois Huel, and the Fictionals Comedy Company at the Unitarian Church of Vancouver. Wine, snacks, a silent auction, and art from 7 to 8 p.m., music and comedy from 8 to 10. Although the EVCMS does not yet have a permanent home of their own, their immediate goal is to raise money so they may continue to provide music lessons at subsidized rates, ensuring that students from low-income households can pursue a musical education. Tickets to the event are sold on brown paper tickets. Remember, they have snacks.
For those of you who are curious, there are a lot of guys out there who are always texting or doing something on their phones too, so. Whatever the that Toronto Act was talking about there goes both ways. Remember, when you're with somebody, try to be attentive with what's going on. Can't always be snapping pictures of your food. Nope. Nope. No, you can't. That was the Precious Lows with yet one of the other singles that uh, they've been releasing this year. They've been effectively putting out a new song each month so far in 2017. That song was known as Problems. I think their most recent release still is a self-titled EP from 2013. Electro Soul Duo is still chugging away. Perhaps a full release is due soon. And behind me, this is Lee Rosevere. Otherwise known as a CBC producer, but a composer in his own right. And from an album that came out a couple months ago, in the wake of discovering seven new planets around a single star, that star is known as Trappist-1. And off his album, Trappist-1, this is known as Planet B. Still plenty of research required to see how habitable maybe three of those seven planets are. There'll be weird places to live because the sun is a lot cooler than ours. But those planets are also closer to the sun than Mercury is to ours. So, but in other astronomy news, uh, I saw a couple days ago there was a report that uh, the first true atmosphere was discovered on an exoplanet, meaning a planet not in our solar system. Yet to be determined what is in that atmosphere. Is it oxygen, silicon, carbon dioxide? Maybe it's the butt world from Rick and Morty. I'm not sure how breathable that is. Probably quite breathable. Probably not too smelly. Anyways, last week we missed out on uh, some of the soundtracks that came out, so let's try to quickly cover as much as we can. The new material goes, Mark Todd's score to Aftermath is out through film tracks. Bear McCreary has done a lot of work with TV and film. Uh, his score to Colossal is out through Lakeshore. Rod Simonson's music from Going Out in Style, sorry, Going In Style, through Water Tower. The Lost City of Zed by Christopher Spellman's out through film tracks. Smurfs, The Lost Village. Strumpfs. Uh, music by Christopher Lennertz out through Sony. Uh, Rachel Portman provides the music from their finest. There's a new version of Django out. And it features music from Warren Ellis. The violinist works normally with Nick Cave along with various artists. And of course, he and Nick Cave do have uh, some music out for the first National Geographic fictional series, Mars. That's finally out through Milan Records. Original score for Better Call Saul, which starts, well, started season three. That just happened. Uh, Dave Porter provided the music, and that's through Sony Classical. Brian Tyler did the score, and there's a song album out for The Fate of the Furious, which I know if you're a certain age group, you're looking forward to the guys who steal the cars and drive them real fast and smash them into other cars and other things break out and they jump onto the other cars, and it's great. It's awesome. And then for you Netflix fans, especially with, since we're dealing with uh, the electro music at the beginning with the 808, Volume 2 of the music from The Get Down. It's out through RCA. Three releases go. 
Uh, there's some interesting ones that have been tied to past profiles we've done here on Exploding Movies. And since we're talking about space, uh, there's another film that's uh, a retelling of NASA's history. This one tied to the Mercury missions in the 60s. The Right Stuff. Bill Conti's score is on a limited edition of 3,000 copies out through the rest of Sam Mad Club. For those of you fans who picked up on Mad Max after Fury Road, well, the original three films, Mad Max, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, and Beyond Thunderdome. Three soundtrack center on gray, black, and sand vinyl. It's the Mad Max trilogy. Limited edition of 2,000 copies featuring music from Brian May, not of Queen, but from Australia. And then Maurice Charest, that's out through Vanessa Sarah Band, not the club. Uh, what else? Uh, Gustavo Santolaja. Various artists provide the music for Beautiful, and that is re-released now through Relatively Media Soundtracks. Torontonian Howard Shore. His score to David Cronenberg's A History of Violence is out again through Water Tower Music. Brian Tyler's score to Rambo. Uh, it's out through Lionsgate. Uh, Anton Karas's Austrian Zither can be heard again on a vinyl pressing of the soundtrack to The Third Man. Third Man. Be appropriate if that was through Third Man Records, but no, that is out through Silva America. And then Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, soundtrack by Alberto Iglesias, is also on vinyl. And that is through Silva Screen Records, too. That's your soundtrack report here on Exploding Head Movies. Catch up on two weeks. It's long. There's a lot of great music out there. Of course, next week is Record Store Day. I have to get everything assembled for that. Anyways, let's talk about a London goth punk rock act that is coming to town. They're the Damned. Wish there was someone walking by the windows. I could tell them that they're not damned. There's a visual component missing to all this. As the silly man in a glass booth is damning everyone here in the nest. Anyways, the 40th anniversary tour of The Damned it happens this Saturday, April 15th at the Commodore Ballroom. 8 o'clock, advance tickets for $29.50. You could spend $36 for it to it. Jonathan Q is damned! I think the radio is not playing outside there. Jonathan Q, host of Q it up here on CITR. From their 1977 debut, Damned, 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 because I can't keep yelling that all the time. This is The Damned with New Rose. Is she really going out of town?
Radio 101.9 FM, Discord Magazine, and Mint Records present Hot Dog Days. It's a monthly concert and video series at What's Up Hot Dog featuring local acts, good food, pinball, and high fives. Admission is free and there will be hot dogs. The first edition is Tuesday, April 11th, featuring Be Afraid and the Shit Talkers. Hot Dog. Hot Dog. 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 Hot Dog.
Vancouver's on the court, and he's there off of their second album, conveniently numbered two in Roman numerals. Aye, aye. That was Country Song. And Timber Concerts presents the Courtney's along with Jason and the band Dumb. Trust me, Dumb are a great band. I have seen them before. All those guys are playing tomorrow, Tuesday, April 11th at the Cobalt. And of course, at this point, I've told you at least two or three other shows happening on the 11th, including the What's Up Hot Dog Days, as we just heard there. The start of a new CITR tradition. Uh, what happened? Yes, the Courtney's, Jay, Summon, Dumb, play the Cobalt tomorrow. Doors open at 8, show starts at 9. Tickets start at $13. Available in advance, either online or in physical record stores like Red Cat on Main Street, Red Cat on Hastings, and Zulu on West 4th. Quality stuff. Now, the background here, things have gone oddly quiet. But that's the mystery of this. This is Portland's Visible Cloaks, probably best known for a lot of the mixes they've been putting out based on early 80s Japanese synth music, Fairlights, Mallets, and Bamboo. But this is off of their most recent album, this year's Reassemblage. This song is known as The Moon. Of course, this slowly allows us to drift over into the themes of Apollo 13. As are these next two acts. Real Estate out of Ridgewood, New Jersey. They are coming to town next Tuesday, not this Tuesday, but April 18th. This is the the Rickshaws. Timber Concerts presents Real Estate. EG, or IJI, and Tim Cohen. Doors open at 8 next Tuesday. It's a 19 older show, and tickets start at $22. Off the most recent album, In Mind, this is Real Estate with After the Moon. Trust me, the moon will 
Thousands of opinions are at our fingertips, but are all opinions informed? Does your information have a source? Is your social feed based on fact? Only facts can uncover the truth. Professional journalists are committed to balanced and nonpartisan reporting, to independent commentary. They cut through the spin to give you the information and perspective you need. Journalism is essential to democracy a watchdog over the powerful, an independent voice. Journalism is more important than ever. Nothing can drive us away. We can be heroes just for one day. We can be us just for one day. 
It was almost like David Bowie showed up. But he's in space. From the 2015 release Observer Bias, it was Montreal's Carla Sagan. Riffing wonderfully on the uh, astronomer Carl Sagan there. Song we heard were the heroes of space travel. And there's some wonderful lo-fi pop with uh, sci-fi elements throughout her band camp. Most recent release was a split tape with SLE. But uh, there's actually also a theme song to something on TV from a couple years ago. So I need to fully process that and share that with you over time. And behind me, this is Snoya Caves. It's alias of Jeremy Schmidt. Both from... It's funny to see this term, Heritage Rock Act. I mean, Black Mountain, I would give him credit for being more on the kind of stoner rock side of things, but very psychedelic. Off his 2002 release, The Enchanter Persuaded, which was released in 2006 through Jack Jaguar. This is Sundown in the New Archives, Milky Way Echo. And Sonoya Caves will be joining Holy Hum for a performance as part of the closing of the Con Lee off-site part of the Vancouver Art Gallery. And if you don't know about this, off-site is a little public space along 1100 West Georgia Street between Thurlow and Butte near the Shangri-La Tower and Urban Affair there. So there's an installation there dealing with traffic known as Red, Green, and Blue. And what's happening this Thursday, April 13th at 7.45 p.m. up until 8.45 p.m. Holy Hum in Sonoya Caves will be doing, effectively, an art and sound installation there. To be curious to see how it will sound. Highly recommend it. Give it a shot. See some art. Listen to music. It'll be different than what you experience at Fuse. Those Friday night shows at the gallery. Anyways, let's get into Bill Paxton, great actor of Fort Worth who died recently. And uh, along with his acting, he's also a big part of music. And when he first moved to Hollywood, he partnered with a whole bunch of people there and did music himself. But we're going to tie into something that he acted and directed a video for. I'm not going to play the original version just because it's too high-pitched. This heads, this heads, body, body, this heads. Yeah, we're not doing that. We're going to go with the original. Because we're going to listen to some Barnes and Barnes, the fictional twin brothers of Art Barnes and Artie Barnes, otherwise known as actors Bill Moomy and Robert Heimer. And uh, 1980, they released an album called Vubaha. It features a couple versions of that song, including the one I just poorly did there. But we'll listen to the original from 1976 before we listen to some of old Bill Paxton's music. Then we get into Apollo 13. So this is Barnes and Barnes with fish heads. Then stick around for some Martini Ranch. Yeah. 
Dave Radio, Fridays at noon on CITR. Wow, wow, Dave, you're so sway. Oh, Dave, I like your shave. This is Sir Reginald Wainsmere, composer of the film Too Many Tuesdays. You can hear my music and much more on Exploding Head Movies, Mondays at 7 on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. Martini Ranch, the duo of Bill Paxton, probably doing the uh, cowboy twang there, along with friend Andrew Todd Rosenthal, part of a new A musical band, and uh, their 1988 album, their solo one, Holy Cow, produced by Devo's Bob Casal. We heard the song Reach. And you can tell Paxton made many friends in Hollywood since the video for that song was directed by his friend James Cameron and his then wife 
Catherine Bigelow also appeared in it. Because, yeah, Paxton made his film debut as a punk thug in The Terminator. Of course, appeared in Aliens. Game over, man! Game over! And other films like True Lies and Titanic. Was the lead in Twister. Appeared in other films like A Simple Plan. You probably saw him recently in Hatfields and McCoy, but... Let's talk about what's in the background here. From Apollo 13, this is James Horner with All Systems Go. The launch, and this tells the true story of the NASA mission launched April 11th, 47 years ago. Although it's based on an adaptation of the book Lost Moon, The Perilous Voyage of Apollo 13 by the captain of that mission, astronaut Jim Lovell, along with Jeffrey Kluger. Apollo 13 was directed by Huron Howard, star Tom Hanks, Kevin Bacon, Gary Sinise, Ed Harris, and Bill Paxton. I talked about Lovell, Jack Swigert, and Paxton's character, Fred Hayes, dealt with an onboard explosion three days into their mission whilst en route to the moon. They had to give up on landing there since they still had to figure out if they could make it back to Earth. It's one of the earliest films to rely on a reduced gravity aircraft, otherwise known as the Vomit Comet, to simulate weightlessness. So, to make it pretend that they were in space for about 30 to 40 seconds every couple of minutes or so, a plane would go into a deep dive. That's a good way of simulating weightlessness. Also features some early computer graphics to show the Apollo 13 rocket launch. And this is one of my favorite films. Anytime it comes on, I do watch it since... I do like space, I do like NASA, the idea of exploration, and, you know, it's our true life-inspired films. And of relevance to you, the listener, well, this is probably the first DVD I picked up that had an isolated film score. Something I try to find, and very rarely put out, and you think about audio commentaries and secondary audio features now. In this age of streaming, not the most standard feature to find anymore, but Netflix did it for a time. Of course, I'm sure they measured how often it was used. And it's like the extra features now, which not a lot of people dive into, unless they're big film fans. Anyways, let's come to James Horner here from Apollo 13. We're going to listen to Lunar Dreams.
Apollo 13 flight controllers. Listen up. Give me a go, no go for launch. Booster. Go. Retro. Go. Fido. We're go flight. Guidance. Guidance go. Surgeon. Go flight. Ecom. We're go flight. GNC. We're go. Telmu. Go. Control. Go flight. Procedures. Go. Inco. Go. FAO. We are go. Network. Go. Recovery. Go. Capcom. We're go flight. Failure is not an option.
from the soundtrack to Apollo 13. Because I feature a whole bunch of Ed Harris quotes there as flight director Gene Krantz. Somehow not using any of Fred Hayes' quotes featuring actor Bill Paxton, but we did actually hear the original NASA recording of Jim Lovell's indication of Houston, we've had a problem. Not as popular as Houston, we have a problem. As we heard James Horner there, first off with a gentle cue of Lunar Dreams. Once we got Go No Go, we heard uh, the tense piece of docking, referring to the movement of having the Odyssey capsule flip around and re- reconnect with the Aquarius Lunar Lander which becomes important later on in the mission since uh, the lunar lander suddenly becomes the only place where there is oxygen. Then we heard a tense cue of master alarm. And failure is not an option here, because I'm talking over the dark side of the moon. And Apollo 13 came out in 1995, did well in the box office, and was highly regarded. It was nominated for nine Oscars, including Best Score by Horner, although he lost it to uh, Luis Bakaloff for his score to the Italian film Il Postino. Ed Harris lost as well. So did uh, supporting actress Kathleen Quinlan. It did win two Oscars in the end, film editing from Mike Hill and Daniel Henley. And then sound. This predates whether it was sound mixing or sound editing, because at that point, not much of a distinction between the two. But uh, Rick Dior, Steve Peterson, Scott Millen, and David McMillan took home the award. So Bill Paxton, great actor, died February 25th from a stroke resulting from complications from his heart and aorta surgery that he underwented on Valentine's Day. He was only 61. And it was determined that uh, he had a weakened heart valve from a bout of childhood rheumatic fever. And of odd note was that as a child, he was around when President John F. Kennedy was touring around Texas. And there's pictures of little Paxton on someone's shoulders as he was one of the last people to see Kennedy alive before he was assassinated. You can see Paxton in recent films like Term Life, Mean Dreams. I saw him last in 2014's Nightcrawler on TV Shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and he was on seven episodes of Training Day, too. But he does have one film in the can due out later this year. It's called The Circle, and that's set to be his sole posthumous release. That's going to be it for Exploding Hit Movies this week. Coming up at 9 o'clock is the man whose cell phone making all manners of noises right now. It's Gavin Walker. The Guilty Man. He'll bring you three hours of jazz as part of the jazz show. Gamma Walker and his Samsung phone. Going to bring you to the rest of your Monday evening and your CITR day. Uh, If you missed any of this week's episode, it'll be up on the Exploding Hit Movie show page on www.citr.ca very shortly. And, uh, yeah, some programming notes. I am going to be out of town on business for the next two weeks. So I'll see what I can get lined up. I got business in Germany. So my hope is that next week I could look at uh, some of uh, German-English composer Max Richter and then game show host producer Chuck Barris. Although there's one bit of material I need to get beforehand if I could do that. Otherwise, we'll look at Nine Inch Nails two weeks from now. 
did some recent work on the films Before the Flood and Patriot's Day. But I'll be back live in front of your ears. I'm probably antagonizing whoever's in view here at the Student Nest on May Day. So let's close with one more track, and this will be Brian Eno. And this comes from a documentary from 1983 talking about the Apollo mission for all mankind. But uh, he released it on his own. So from Apollo Atmospheres and Soundtracks, this will be Stars. With all due respect, sir, I believe this is going to be our finest hour. You are listening to CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show with Gavin Walker.